0: Welcome to Spooking for the Ocean, where we talk about everything Pixar has ever made and what it means to us. I'm Danny Vincent doing my impression of Benny Safdie from Oppenheimer, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Young. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for Speaking Halloween? Of, being recorded you, in
0: August, being released in September?
1: Are you... Why did you just ask me if I'm going to be Benny Safty? No, I said, are you ready yeah, for
0: Halloween? I,
1: oh, man, I am ready for Halloween. I... Yeah, I'm ready for Halloween. I don't know. I don't actually have, like, a thing planned, but I'm mentally ready for Halloween.
0: Dress up as, as Barbenheimer. That will be original. Yeah. No one's going to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Didn't we talk about Halloween parties last time? Oh, yeah, and, we did. Yeah, and I, I kind of went into, like, I'm not not a real big go-out-for-Halloween-parties thing. Oh, oh, but I have a friend who says that he might do a very serious Halloween party this year, and that might be the theme that <laughs> he goes with. I mean, the so obvious answer... I accept that, but... The
0: obvious answer for a Halloween party, Mark, for you, is mm-hmm. just, you know come on you know you know where i'm going with this like i really Slenderman? didn't finish it what
1: like Slenderman? no or...
0: tom wamsgans
1: yeah that was my option number two but i i really thought you know Slenderman because how do on earth do i be tom wamsgans you have like, someone else if, if... ship
0: with you i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's really it is you have someone i feel like the only way you could be tom is if you had um your girlfriend uh put like on like a
1: red wig, like an orange wig. <laughs> like a red wig. <laughs> and just be like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> well, and just leave it at that.
0: Just leave it at the wig. Don't even have her. Be like, like, you don't need to dress up. Just wear this wig, and I'll dress up, and it will work as a joint costume. <laughs> but then
1: I have to like get her anytime I want to explain to people like what I am. Uh, <laughs> What does he doesn't have like a signature look except for that white suit that he? Wore I think about the, the blue suit. He has
0: like a blue suit. He wears sometimes.
1: Well, everyone has a blue suit. I just I don't know. I yeah, feel it's kind of like hard. The, yeah, that's I don't. It's it's kind of like what everyone dresses on billions. You know.
0: You should look up his outfit during the meltdown in season three that he has where he like shakes on the coffee the coffee machine. So that anyone has such you are you would just like jump on a table and go. Ah! <laughs> and they'd be like, "What are you doing?" Or they'd get it, and you'd be like, "There you go."
1: <laughs> well, you didn't. You didn't name the chicken scene. I bet I could like find that shirt that he wears. And oh, he the chicken sunglasses? scene would work too. Actually, talks? the chicken
0: scene probably works better because you can just bring like a rubber chicken with, or like you know, not even yeah. like a rubber chicken. Like a, I meant, like, show I, did, I didn't mean a rubber chicken. I meant like a like a toy kid drumstick. Like you know what I mean? Like toy ki- yeah. food. And you just be
1: like... Oh, I get this, on." Yeah, good for me to make just the That's sound and the a gesture on a
0: podcast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do it. No, I think it was conveyed. <laughs> well, we, we are on a podcast. After all, why are we on a podcast, Danny? Well, in case
0: you're unaware of why we're talking about Halloween, it's because we're talking about Toy Story of Terror, the Toy Story Halloween special. Toy mm-hmm. Story of Terror released in October of 2013. Michael Giacchino did the score. It's a Toy Story short film. It's a it's a TV special. It has, it has com- cuts to commercial breaks, which I always find hilarious. Um, yeah. But it's like a... Pretty even... tasteful
1: cuts to commercial breaks, I thought.
0: Yeah, you know, the one I was really going to point out is, like, there's a cuts to commercial break um, when, I believe, it's Rex gets captured or kidnapped or whatever. And, like, he disappears down a vent. And I feel like other people would just cut back to him being caught... Like, you know, I you, you know how we've made that joke before. Where like you know, you watch Trick and Josh, and it'd be like, Megan, how could you do this? And you come come back from Russian where they're like, Megan, please. <laughs> like you know, just basically repeating the yeah. line. They could have done that. And they didn't. I I appreciated it. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's actually Trixie who falls down. The oh my fence. bad, my bad. So but what yeah. was your,
0: what, do you want me? Uh, should I give my general thought on this, or do you want to give your general thought on this first?
1: Well, I have a general thought, and I'll just mention one more thing. It came out on a Wednesday, because, and I just find that funny to mention because I looked up the trailer for this, because it came in in October, and I was like, I wonder what they bumped to play this. So the trailer says that it came out on a Wednesday, October 16th, and I had to look up what was playing on television that year, and it was just sitcoms. I assume...
0: They probably aired this in a block with like Charlie Brown or something, you know. I have because it's only a half hour. That's just my guess. Yeah.
1: Well, I I think if it came on after news, maybe then you could play something afterward. I don't know. Maybe it's at the beginning at of the block.
0: It says eight because uh, uh, Wiki has the poster for like the com- like you when it premiered, and it says world premiere Wednesday October. Sixteenth, it's very small font. Um, but eight seven central, and seven central is the beginning of their block. Eight seven central is the beginning yeah. of it.
1: Well, yeah, and I just I don't know what played after it, but I thought it was funny that it came on on a Wednesday because that seems kind of like a weird time, like weird day, in my mind. I don't know if that's just the day that no one is out doing anything, so that's why you want it to be the thing I mean, but i remember if you're watching television on sunday you're watching america's funniest home videos so why wouldn't you put it around something like that where you know people will oh. be inside
0: no i disagree um the reason i say that is because if you ever look like when like for example not even premieres but look at when like the air charlie brown or air i mean christmas i'm talking about christmas charlie brown christmas the grinch all that it's usually like a Monday or Tuesday. It's usually on their comedy blocks because their comedy blocks airs their like mid-season finale, end of November. So it's like, oh, well, here you go. Here's Toy Story and the, or like, like because they do still air this, I believe yearly. They still air this. They still air the Christmas one, even though the Christmas one I'm always kind of like this feels more like this feels more like out of necessity rather than like because people want to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like I feel like it'd be really funny because I know Disney has the rights at least to air Shrek the Halls. They air Toy Story and Shrek back to back. I don't know if they have the the Shrek Halloween because I know some of the DreamWorks stuff is on NBC, but I know Shrek the Halls huh. is on Disney or ABC. Man.
1: So this deal making is so weird. What do you think is gonna happen in like ten years? Is you know what what are the properties right now that are gonna be split across multiple studios and kids are gonna be you know held up for things? It's weird now because the deal making of Marvel is already twenty years old and and of course Marvel movies are the things that are going to be made now but it's not like in 10 years Star Wars is going to be broken up across all these different studios and you're going to have like oh we can have like the adventures of Django Fett but we cannot acknowledge the existence of the Mandalorian or wait, wait 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 like wait that. so
0: I have to tell the story on air because this is a hilarious story about animation nerds and we know we're we're a podcast that attack no i'm joking about that
1: it actually isn't even a story it's not even about animation nerds what but no no we're, you, we're, you're be... what were you about to say we're a podcast that attacks animation nerds
0: <laughs> yeah i'm so i was like i'm kidding i'm kidding because you know
1: but, oh i so feel I went like to they're see... our prime audience
0: yeah i know that's what like, i'm kidding but so i went to go see old boy on thursday which was a good time very fun. i've never seen it before I walked out as soon as I ended because I'm sorry, I don't need to see Nicholas Winding Refn talk about old boy for 15 minutes when I've seen him for the first time. Um, and I went to the bathroom, you know, and as I'm in the bathroom, I hear, and, well, it's other people are coming in, you know, and it, one person is very loudly, like, they're people probably our age, like two dudes about our age, and one of them goes, well, did you like it? And he goes, well, you know... I grew up in this, they didn't see Old Boy. I'm like, You're going to figure out very quickly what they saw. They're like, well, I just hated the animation. The, the designs were great when I was a kid. I don't know why they had to change them. Um, and you know, these turtles, they're too kiddie. And I was just sitting there, I was like, I'm sorry that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie that came out last week does not appeal to you, 30 year old man. Like,. <laughs> I'm sorry that this movie that has rave reviews and I've seen it and I really like the new Ninja Turtle movie as someone I think I've said before I didn't grow up with the Ninja Turtles um but this guy's like yeah I just didn't like it because it was ugly i just like okay man like their heads were not well shaped I'm just like Anyway, that's what randomly popped in my head when you were well, saying that. About like, what about what are kids these days going to grow up with? And I, I don't know, maybe like 30 years from now there's going to be another Ninja Turtle reboot. And they'll walk in the book. I didn't like the animation. It was too clean. <laughs> where was the greatness?
1: <laughs> when I was a kid, Mutant Mayhem was where it was at. <laughs> Did you ever see the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles? I saw the first one. I was actually a big that fan. One... Well,
0: as big a oh. fan as you can be. I didn't think they were that bad.
1: Well, Whoa, the first okay. one wasn't. On. I never saw this. I'm just thinking about gritty Ninja Turtles, but yeah, what are what are kids watching these days? Bluey. (laughs) Bluey. I don't know if I I actually do think Bluey is a right. Young kids
0: are. I think Bluey is a rights mess waiting to happen because I don't believe Disney actually owns it, or it's like a weird thing where it's like they own licensing in all of the world, but they don't actually own it proper. So I think Bluey is going to be a nightmare down the road, but I don't actually know all that. I don't watch Blue League. Well, I'm an adult I don't who watches that, Ninja Turtles. An old boy.
1: Yes. <laughs> Are you telling me you walked out of a live Q&A with Nicholas? It Barney- wasn't Griffin? live. It's
0: attached to everything where it's like you stay after the credits and they play this 15-minute video neon put together. <laughs> what?
1: I, it, it just sounds it sounds like the evil Nicole Kidman. <laughs> well, opening. the one
0: thing I did see of it on Twitter was like someone was tw- I should send you this image. It really made me laugh where it was like I'm, it, the tweet was like, I'm a big proponent of like allowing people to wear shorts in professional settings, but this interview with Nicholas Winding Refn after Old Boy may have finally changed my mind. It's just this image of Nicholas Winding Refn sitting across from Park Wolk Wook. It looks like he's not wearing any pants. <laughs> it just looks like he's, he's he's just there sitting. He's like, how's it going? It's like, oh. I do feel like I missed something after I saw that image.
1: <laughs> oh, well, if he's interviewing Park Chan-wook, I think that'd be pretty cool. But no, but it's just something where I don't, Again, where I like, don't how, like seeing something you know, like that right after my first time I've seen a movie.
0: Yep. That's really it.
1: You had never seen Old Boy before? Yep. First wow. time. What
0: did you think? You know, I've been saying this to a lot of people, and I feel like this will be like whenever I watch Fight Club, because I still haven't seen Fight Club either, but it's one of those movies where, like, you worry when you're while you're watching it for like the first thirty or forty minutes, you're like, "Ah, oh, I know the twist of this already." I'm trying to see like how this maps out, but the, when the twist actually comes along, it's so well executed that you're still like, "Oh, that's good." I feel like that will be like when I see Fight Club, whenever that happens, because I know what the twist there is. I'll still be like, "Oh, that's good." It was like that with the Sixth Sense too when I saw the Sixth Sense for the first time.
1: Yeah. So, as someone who watched Fight Club like two months ago, I can can confirm. Nice. I well, will see it sometime.
0: But what yes. do you think of Toy Story anyway, of Terror?
1: Toy Story of Terror? I was pretty alright about it. I watched it one and a half... No, I actually watched it two times. Really unusually, the second time, I appreciated it more. Because I think the first time, I didn't really know what I was getting into. And then the second time, when I thought of it as something to watch on television, I was much more open to the whole thing. And I think that... I think the first time I watched it the jesse the jesse part really seemed like an unusual part of the whole story and when i watched it the second time i guess i was just used to it so it didn't jump out at me as much and i saw it more as part of her arc to you know find get over her fear at the end of the short Rather than something where it was like, oh my gosh, this is so serious. It kind of is this black hole pulling everything else into the, sh- everything else, in into it in the short. But on the second watch, I just felt like, oh well, it's important for Jesse, but it's just a you know, fine short, not f- not fantastic or whatever.
0: Well, I'll give you my first thought and then my thought on this rewatch, which is that. Toy Story of Terror is something I've always pointed to as this should not be as good as it is because it is a TV special. But I do think of all the, even as someone who likes Hawaiian Vacation and Party Source Rex a lot, I think this is the ideal. Let's spend more time with these characters. That's not going to be super important because I think it does a really great job of basically jam packing a full like Toy Story movie into twenty minutes. But also in the sense where it'd be like... This shouldn't be a full movie because it'd be so derivative of the other ones. But it still has enough new stuff in it that it's like... This was still fun. Uh, I also think centering Jessie is really fun and cool. Because I love Jessie. And she's a big part of Toy Story 2. And then 3 and 4 kind of sideline her. Now, my thought on this rewatch is even more positive. Is that this is the first time I've watched it since I've seen Toy Story 4. And I actually think now... Seeing what Toy Story 4 is. I think this is actually an essential chapter in Toy Story. Where I, I think... and Maybe we'll get into this. I can bring it into this now. I think one of the big flaws of Toy Story 4. Is a flaw that I had with Avengers Endgame. And that is. Is that Avengers Endgame. And Avengers Endgame. I'm going to give you this analogy. And you need to ignore that Thor love and thunder ever happened. But Avengers Endgame. Mm. Gives Thor this big arc. About how he needs to move on. And pass on the kingdom. But then, at the end, he hands it off to Valkyrie, who's barely been in the movie. And my thing always there was, like, Valkyrie should have been in all of Endgame helping out. Because then at the end, when he passes the torch, it would have actually meant something to audiences who just watched Avengers Endgame. And I think the same thing in Toy Story 4 with Jesse. However, I actually think now, looking back at this as I know what Toy Story 4 is, this feels like it's can be retconned into being. This is when Bonnie chose Jesse as her favorite toy. And mm-hmm. that moment at the end when she hugged Jesse, I was like, ah, this is like essential to the mythos. This is not like a non-canon weird thing. It's a very big turning point in her story. And I think it's something where it's good because, as I said, in the, to- in the Avengers example, Valkyrie never earns her place to be ruler of Asgard in that movie. In this, Jesse earns her place as leader as she never had before. I just think this is really good, honestly. I'm very pro Toy Story of Terror. I think it's a very fun. It's also just very funny to me, like very mm. enjoyable watch.
1: I do think the jokes are successful. I like I like the the two jokes that Jesse has with Combat Carl. I love Combat Carl. She's great. Are yeah, really <laughs> impressed by Carl Weathers as Combat Carl. I really like her jokes with Combat Carl. I think that they are both very well. Um, earned isn't the right word in the moment what am I thinking of they're both very justified by those characters and the situation which is a big issue I think we've talked about with Small Fry and the, the shorts like that where it's like why, why would these things happen I in this world I
0: also weirdly think I just, just popped in my head um, we were talking about how the Toy Story tunes, like all exist around uh, besides Hawaiian Vacation so the two small frying party source wrecks exist around the idea of what if we tackle these toys that toy story has not examined yet. And I actually think toy story terror does a very good job putting these characters. Toy story hasn't acknowledged yet as side characters. Like I think the Pez dispenser is good. I think, um, the Lego rabbit is cool. And I like the transformer. Like I think all these characters show up for maybe like three or four lines but they show you how this would work in the Toy Story world, and then the story quickly moves on. And mm-hmm. they're not not—they're not annoying. They're fun little side characters for a 20-minute short. You know, like, there's nothing... Yeah, it's... They're good. I like i like every every side character in this short makes an impression. The only one I don't like is the um, pocket man. The pocket tier. But even... He, he's barely in it, you know? So it's not like he ruins it. It's just like, they can't all be winners, you know? Type of thing.
1: Yeah, you only really notice what makes a character like that annoying when they're in this character. I mean, when they're in this story with all of these characters who aren't stupid, and then you meet the stupid character, and he stands out so much, and you're like, oh... Now <laughs> I see what the complaint is with Small Fry and those kinds of shorts. I'm always thinking of Small Fry, but it's obviously happened in other ones. But, I mean, Small yeah. Fry's the one I hate. Small... Mm-hmm.
0: But I do think Party just... Source Rex also has the issue where it's like, all these characters... The world's kind of silly, but it's fun because we're having... We, we will buy stuff into it more if Rex is the main character. I also think... Sorry, I was going to also say this. I think this does a better job than either Toy Story 4 or Hawaiian Vacation or any other Toy Story thing at integrating both Trixie and Prickle Pants into the group. I feel like they both just feel like they belong. Yeah. And it's, like, great. And, like, Prickle Pants yeah. doing the Jamie Kennedy role from Scream is just a fun bit.
1: <laughs> really, <laughs> Yeah, and Trixie, to explain it for the listeners, is playing just playing the role of the new person, so she gets to have everything explained to her, and she also can just be the person who's kind of uh, ditzy or out there or whatever I'm trying to say. But she has that joke about reading about ghosts online, and that's how she does her research about ghosts. I love. I
0: liked. Sorry, go on. No, no, you go on.
1: Oh, well, no, this is kind of a tangent. You need to keep going. Oh,
0: I was going to say, I like what you say about... One thing I think that is really cool about this, as, like, a work, right? Is because, obviously, no one's going to watch Toy Story of Terror without watching Toy Story 1, 2, or 3. However, I am a personal big proponent... I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going to use it anyway... Of, like, stories in, like, franchises, finding a way to, like... I don't want to say recap, but, like, the problem here... The arc here is Jesse overcoming her claustrophobia. That is what Toy Story Terror is ultimately about. How do we introduce this? Through both an accident very quickly on in the trunk of the car where she falls into a toolbox that maybe she shouldn't be sitting on because I I don't buy that she'd sit on it but it's okay because we immediately get Trixie getting the exposition where it is natural. You're right. And well it's important that it's there though too because also children are going to be watching this you know where it's like here's the issue Trixie and I, I like that part of it. I like that exposition of being like this is why she can't be in boxes.
1: <laughs> what? You're I know I agree with all of that. You just kind of reminded me that I had to stop myself from cinema sensing this short a lot. I feel like it is really ripe for that. And it's like, why do they have a DVD player with a horror film on it in the trunk of their car? Why is the iguana trained? <laughs> to ring a bell when it brings back toys i what was (laughs) what was combat carl doing outside of the safety glass looking for jesse how why was he happy that she showed up behind the glass what's that all about but also
0: it's one of those things you can easily dismiss because like oh they only have 22 minutes and this is like moving like i don't think the pace yeah this pacing in this ever lets up it is, yeah. to me, in a way, I, I said it earlier, it's like you get a whole Toy Story movie in 20 minutes. And I mean that in the sense that, you know, the first Toy Story is like, what, 72 minutes without credits? I could easily see a more fleshed out version of this hitting like 60, 70 minutes. But yes. it wouldn't be as well paced. And there'd probably be a subplot about the toys left at home,
1: right? Like, I think, I think the pace and a lot of the jokes that aren't exactly adult humor... But they're the kind of thing that adults would find funny really make me forgive a lot of the ridiculousness about the plot. Not to go off on a whole tangent about Finding Dory, which I just watched yesterday because I I just it kept coming up so I felt I also thought that Angus McLean directed Finding Dory. Angus <laughs> McLean directed Toy Story of Terror and I thought I was doing something He of, like, was research. the
0: co director, I believe, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, but it's just it's just not super we don't count co- I, I don't <laughs> Well, I just... I Even even watching Finding Dory, I was like, I don't... This actually seems like an Andrew Stanton film. It is Andrew Stanton film. That's
0: what rules about it. Is it like... Anyway, sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's... I don't know. I don't really want to talk forever about this, yeah. but Finding Dory was excellent, but it was also a movie with a lot of things that seem super improbable, but because you have a lot of sarcastic characters and adult jokes it really made it an enjoyable for me and i didn't feel like oh, man, i can't believe i have to sit through another nonsense thing you know
0: and i think and i i the thing that i'm really like struggling to talk around here is toy story that time forgot which we will cover sooner than later that's not that far off but mm. to me this it's so crazy to me how good this is considering how much i hate toy story that time forgot And one of the key things also here, and I kind of alluded to it already, is this makes a smart decision to focus on Jessie, who is always, since Toy Story 2, basically, you know, the third person on the DVD cover, right? It's always Woody Buzz and then Jessie. And moreover, Mm -hmm. it focuses on, I don't want to call her fear a character flaw, because it's not a character flaw, but it is a big part of her character. It focuses on a way to undo that, because it is something that she uses. So it is like something where it's like, this has been baked into Jessie since we've met her. So there is stakes to her arc here. Because it's like, will she actually overcome it? I don't think she is. Because it's such a big part of her character. And then when she does, it's like, it actually feels really good. In a way that it shouldn't in a Halloween special. <laughs> that should be disposable. This, as I said, this feels pivotal. Because again, like in Toy Story 4, Jessie doesn't have this issue anymore. Right? It's, she does overcome this big part of her that's held her back. And that's why it feels very yeah. satisfying to watch it. Yeah. Also, it yeah. just helps to give Joan Kuzak that, like, that vehicle to do, like, some dramatic voice acting. Because we've known she, she's had the juice for a while, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. And also, yeah, this... You wouldn't know from the trailer, which I know that you didn't watch, and I just kind of watched because I was eating some food and thinking, oh, I should. what else can I watch about this? But the trailer sells this short on all of its bathroom humor, and doesn't give you any idea about what classic is... Disney
0: advertising.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's it, it really is about Jesse and her fear. Even though I do think that on the second watch, it's it's not it's a nice adventure story. It's not it's not like a message film about Jesse overcoming her fear.
0: I don't think it's a mess. I would agree. It's not a message. I just think it's. An important piece of character development for her. Especially as I said. Like if we're going to view her as the new leader of the toys. At the end of Toy Story 4. This is like. I feel like essential. Because she doesn't do anything in Toy Story 4. (laughs) And in this it's like. She does save the day. And is a bit of a ridiculous story. But it's fine. I don't know. I love. There are little bits of this I love. Where it's like. Like the paperclip setup. I'm like. Oh that's. That's like screenwriting 101. But I don't care. Because again. 20 minutes. You gotta make this work. They do. It feels organic that there would be a paperclip in the box to me.
1: Honestly, I I like screenwriting 101. We've watched a lot of stuff. And (laughs) I'm just happy. I'm happy if something comes back from earlier in a film, you know? And I also like that... I
0: don't know if you noticed, because this is like a classic... The the in-joke everyone knows about this movie, and I know you just now watched it, is that the um, packing sticker for Woody is Al. And like the joke is that Al's the one who's buying up the eBay bids.
1: oh my the- gosh, I read the return address, but I didn't read the two. Yeah, it says
0: yeah, it says Al McPherson, which is Al from Al's toy Bar. Which would, ex- which is why also I love that the story of this is all baked into in a way Toy Story 2, because I'm willing to bet this all came. I was like, well, how would Jesse get out so quick? Oh, let's just have it be Al who's buying them. <laughs> like, it just, it's like the type of thing where like you might want to send Vincent pick it, but like that is the most logical like way to bring back Al. <laughs> it's also just funny yeah. to imagine Al 15 years after Toy Story 2 still trying to get a Woody and a Jessie. <laughs> again
1: Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, I love it. I have a I want to go on a tangent if that's okay, all right. That's fine. Maybe maybe not a tangent, it's just kind of changing the subject a little bit. I found this aesthetic really comfortable. I really like the this is kind of what goosebumps did in a lot of kids stories about is my teacher a vampire? I forget what the name of those
0: I believe those are the Bailey school Kids.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't know, that's not even the thing that I really love to consume, but I really like, I admire it from afar because it gets my brain working, and I love any time you can start out like this short does with establishing what our stereotypes about horror are, and then transplanting them into a very familiar setting. Like, even in a motel, which we, you know, you think of the Bates Motel and you think of you know, motel, ooh. Um, but it just looks like a normal motel, and I think that's really fun for me and maybe for other kids to imagine that their motel is capable of having all of these critters running around in it, and there's some mystery going on.
0: I also think what I also appreciate about this short in that regard is it does all that in the first half, but then it's like we actually have to wrap up this story, and then it doesn't... It doesn't think it needs to be married to it, if you know what I mean. Like, it's like, all right, the yeah. story has moved yeah. past it. We can still have prickle pants to make jokes about it. But we are now having to wrap up what we set up with Jesse and combat Carl to hit the beats. So he can be a mentor and stuff like that. Where it's like, great, like, cool. And I also like that, like, Woody and Buzz have such a big presence in the first half. But once they get taken, they'd be, well, Buzz, Woody becomes a MacGuffin. And then Buzz doesn't really say much other than, you get, that's another thing I really like about this too, is, you remember Toy Story 3 does a big thing about setting up like, oh, oh, uh, Jesse, um, Buzz, OTP type of thing. And this just completely drops that with the exception of Buzz going, being the one who gets the reaction to goes, Jesse, no! And that's the only bit you get of it that hints to that. And I really appreciate that about it too. Yeah. It's like, no, Jesse has to be your own character for this to work which is true I think Jessie is a we've said that before it's like we think Jessie is a great character she's the best part of Toy Story 2 which is why it's so nice to give something that's like this is her another thing I like is just this is one of those things where I don't know if you caught this stuff too but even I've seen this maybe like three or four times now I believe I saw it like once around the time it came out I saw it once in my Toy Story 4 build up because I was like I want to have every Toy Story thing logged on Letterboxd you know um, before mm-hmm. Toy Story 4 came out, and then I just now rewatched it. So I guess it's three, I don't know. I think I may have caught it flipping channels one time at Halloween, too. Um, uh-huh. And... There's a type of nice thing where it's like, knowing the twist going in, it's like, you get to see all these, like, dumb... It's a dumb twist, but you get to see hints for it. Because one thing I thought, is like, you get the exterior shot of the hotel, and it's like, Wi-Fi included, Kids Stay 3, and I was like, that's so weird, Kids Stay 3. No one would ever, like hotels don't work like that because it's like you're in a they're in a two-bedroom right like you have to sell by the bed Then i was like oh no kids stay three because he steals their toys <laughs> like, that's why
1: <laughs> it gives him yeah. his opportunity i didn't even catch that that is really good but, it's like yeah, yeah yeah
0: because i don't think that's a thing that really happens that like maybe i'm wrong because i don't book hotels for children because i don't have children But I feel like Kids Stay 3 is such a baffling idea when it's like, it's Bonnie and her mom. We'll give you a two-bedroom room for the price of one. (laughs) I know how capitalism works. I I don't buy it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, maybe that's a thing, but I also think that they, now that you say that, I think they definitely put that there as a little bit of foreshadowing and and world-building. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And I was also happy to see some Arizona representation not because I have any, you know, particular connection to Arizona, except that's just another stop on our we, trip. We stayed at the I Mountain View Inn. Do you remember the name of it?
0: Yeah, it was the Mountain View Inn. It had a mountain view that we never saw until we left the last day. Because <laughs> it was always bad when we were there. And we looked behind <laughs> and we're like, oh wow, it was there the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ah, man, I just, I don't know. I really love driving around in the desert and going to motels and things like that. So it was nice to. It, just another aesthetic thing about the short that I really enjoyed was them driving through the desert and stopping at a motel but again it's I don't know I don't know if I would like watch this again unless we were you know doing something else because I like my scares a little scarier and I like my I don't know it's, it's just a totally fine short I would put this one. it's sort of like you know what's, what's that Charlie Brown short that's like the Easter one? I, don't, I just don't know if I'm, like, committed to the Easter Charlie Brown. But I would definitely probably choose to watch The Great Pumpkin or Christmas again.
0: So, way I view it is, let's say I am working at the Music Box. And I somehow get the rights to p- program a day of Toy Story, right? Uh, and, like, you know, I don't know what I'd put before Toy Story 1. But, like, before Toy Story 2 as, like, pre-programming, I would play, like... Um, I would play, like, an episode of the Buzz Lightyear cartoon, you know? Because that's what they do sometimes for stuff like that, is like, show, like, do a pre-show. Anyway, I'd have this be the pre-show for Toy Story 4. That's all I mean. Like, this would be the pre-show for Toy Story 4. It's like, you're getting your popcorn, and we're just going to play this on the screen while, you know, people are walking in. Mm-hmm. Which I wouldn't do for that any becomes... of the other Toy Story shorts.
1: Did I tell you, or did I mention on mic that the Nighthawk does that with special non-trailers for their movies?
0: I know Alamo I, does. I, don't know, I didn't know that um, that did. I didn't know that the... Oh,
1: well, I might have mentioned it when we talked about Triangle of Sadness is that they had a compilation of trailers that featured gold and people throwing up, and I just really appreciated that. So Julius I like your idea me, about pre-programming.
0: Julius told me recently they saw Talk to Me at the Alamo and just got mad because they pre-programmed those director's YouTube shorts, and... <laughs> It was just like why would I want to watch YouTube at the movie?
1: What Talk, who was Talk to Me directed by? Some YouTubers. Oh, that, that's that horror film. But I yeah, yeah. I, I had to think about what it was.
0: Oh, so I just opened up the cast list and Kate McKinnon played the Pez cat. What? That's crazy.
1: Wow, I can't believe that you have spent so much time shitting on Kate McKinnon's acting career. in the Well, last I only episode, shit on her movies. Only to not. Although I even guess she's good in Finding her. Dory. Well, I didn't know she was in Finding Dory, so once again, she and Bill
0: Hader show up for like a minute of like talking, like literally they have a conversation and they meet Baby Dory, and it's really weird.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Nah, I I, there's very little I didn't like about Finding Dory, but we can't really get into it. If you've seen Finding Dory, you can probably guess. Oh, I'm, I mean, in this to be clear. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to. Thank you for bringing me back. But I actually don't know him super well, but I do like him in it. I think that the animation on him when he gets found by the police at the end is really nice. You don't know... And it's really detailed. Ned
0: Ryerson?
1: Uh, isn't that isn't that Groundhog Day? But I haven't seen that in forever. Oh,
0: well, I haven't seen it in forever either, but I always remember it's like, Ned Ryerson? I feel like he's I been don't... on a TV show I watched recently too, but I can't remember what.
1: He's been in everything. Yeah. But... He's. I just don't. haven't He's seen on Wee bear bears Day in forever. <laughs> is the woman in Groundhog Day? Uh, what's her name? The woman from Sex Lies and Videotape.
0: Uh see, I know Groundhog Day more than I know Sex Lies and Videotape. So, oh, he was in Memento, though. Uh, let me yeah, take... I didn't yes, recognize the name
1: of his part in Memento.
0: Andy McDowell is in Sex Lies and Videotape and in Groundhog Day.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: She's also Magic Mike XXL, which she has a good role in.
1: I don't know. I didn't really... There's something... I don't know. I just found this totally fine. You know what I missed, though? I missed... You know, if this came out today, this is what they would do. Uh, that they have Carl Weathers' character lose his hand, but when he gets it back, they don't do the Predator hand grab thing. From the meme. Oh, good point. Do you know what I'm? No, talking? I know what you're
0: talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's not in there. But it's okay because I'm okay with there not being a meme in this short. I feel like that'd be something yeah. that's funny in the moment, but then it would be really annoying rewatching and be like, oh, that's not funny anymore.
1: Well, I don't know if it needs to be a meme. I just think if you have Carl Weathers dressed up in combat gear, it might be cool to have him. You know, and he loses a hand. It might be cool to have him do the Predator thing, even if it wasn't a meme at the time. I don't know how many people would know things from Predator. But yeah, that was all.
0: Did you like Prickle Pants in this?
1: No, I hated him actually. But another thing that I thought before coming on here was I can't complain about how much I hate Prickle Pants because then it's like complaining about how a character in a movie acts as though they're a real person. You know, that's just not very productive. But I I didn't... I didn't particularly like him. I found him very grating and I don't know why the other characters were putting up with him being that annoying.
0: I feel like the person would tell him to shut up is Ham and Ham's not there. Um, yeah. I do think that um, it's one of those things where there's kind of a joke at the end, but I'm okay because I also feel like it's fine not to make it. But at the end where he's like, I guess we've reached the end of the movie. Someone should be like, how? This was so quick or something like that. <laughs> You know, like oh, just, yeah. just a really dumb acknowledgement that it's not a movie. <laughs> I feel like I would have appreciated that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I get that. That would have been too complicated. I do think that's a pretty good joke when he says, and the credits should be starting right about now. And the cut is really abrupt. Yeah. And, and I just cut. appreciated. I. Yeah, it was. It was a very nice cut. It was very effective and yeah but i didn't i found him very frustrating and i'm not i'm not totally sure why he's there except to set up expectations but i feel like i feel like there's a show don't tell answer for that i feel like if they reworked the short at the very beginning what am i talking about this is exactly what they did in toy story 2 where the video game and Rex's reactions to the video game set up how they behave when they're trying to break into Al's apartment. But they didn't do that here. They just have Prickle Pants tell you all about it. But they couldn't have in the short, it's, you know.
0: It's in the spirit of Jamie Kennedy from Scream. <sighs> I would rather Mr. Pricklepants be in the new Scream movies than anyone who's in the new Scream movies. <laughs>
1: Which, which is, is Jamie Kennedy the one who's not Matthew Lillard?
0: Yes, Jamie Kennedy. Well, Jamie Kennedy isn't the bad guy. Jamie Kennedy's the one who's like, all right, so you're in a scary movie. And he always has like the exposition scene where he's like, all right, so this is the sequel. And he dies in the second one. And then in the third movie, there's a dumb cameo where he puts a video and he's like, hi, if my expectation is right, there's a good chance I died in the last time you faced one of these killers. But I knew there'd be a third one because there's always a third one. And that's the best scene of the third movie is his cameo, even though he's dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's pretty good. I just... I, yeah, I he's feel, the one who has I the
0: like... phenomenal gag everyone always talks about with Scream, where he yells, look behind you, Jamie, look behind you, when he's watching Halloween on TV, and his character's name obviously isn't Jamie, but it's Jamie Candy, and at the same point, Ghostface is right behind him, and he's just yelling, at look behind you, Jamie. He's got levels. It's great.
1: Well, and obviously those are all more well incorporated into Scream than they are here. I just, you know, not to walk back how fine this short is. I just now I'm th- now I'm like, oh, that's why Pricklepants is so annoying to me. Is that he is he is I, he is just annoying, and unlike this other maybe annoying character in Scream, there's not a lot of context for his annoyingness and it's not really integrated well the thing that's the really the truth
0: about Jamie Kennedy is Jamie Kennedy is what makes Scream work oh his, I was looking for his character name his character name really? is Randy I
1: like the original Scream and, I, he's have, in the original and Scream. I obviously forgot who Jamie Kennedy was
0: his name is Randy he's the guy who you get worried is going to be set up as a love interest but instead he's just like a guy who works at a video store and he stays at the entire movie which is nice
1: <laughs> well mm-hmm. I'm just I, I don't know I feel like I've really stumbled on something important that this whole short is actually just Toy Story 2, but about Jesse. Now but I've is come- that a
0: bad thing? Because Toy Story 2 is good and Jesse is good.
1: Uh, well, I don't know. I've kind of talked myself back around the circle. I think, I think-,
0: I think my big thing with the Scream comparison I'm trying to make is that it does kind of fail because like I said the short gets... To me, I think the short is better when it's not being a horror movie. Even though I know you like the atmospheric elements, I think the back half is way more interesting when it's actually like, we are engaging with Jessie's fear that she's had since we've met her, and we are going to try to conquer it and put her in a position where she must conquer it or lose Woody. And it's like, that is a good dramatic thing to hinge this on. And still make it entertaining. And it's a nice low-scale effort compared to, you know, like... You know, in the movies, it's like, we gotta get an airplane. We gotta escape the dump. And this, it's like, you must sneak yourself into a box onto a truck. And it's still like, ooh, this is tense. And it works. It's mm. a good... It's a nice toy set piece.
1: Yeah. I, I'm i not... Yeah. I'm not gonna say that the, the drama is really compelling in the beginning of the short. And I, I agree with all of that. Do you think this would have been a better
0: plot for Toy Story 3? Like the Link I sent you? I...
1: Too? I think that this basically was the plot of Toy Story three Toy and I also two. you're actually you're actually talking a well they're all <laughs> it's it's always the same they go somewhere they have to get back that's what people said about Mad Max Fury Road to complain about it and I just <laughs> I don't agree but I think that is well you're asking about the script that you sent me which is a draft of toy story 3 from 2005 which has more explicit horror elements and more classic horror elements and you sent it to me i guess i i think you were showing me how ideas were reused in this short but i actually think that the ideas were used both in toy story 3 which has moments of horror and then in toy story 4 because of the it has the same doll characters and all of them, there's the monkey from the screenplay that we read that's also in Toy Story 3. All of that still was part of other things. I think that the short the short really does work because of what you said, the drama with Jesse at the end, and that's more fleshed out than it is in Toy Story 2. But I, I don't think there's a lot in this short which isn't a reskinned version of something that's happened in any of the other movies.
0: Well, I still like Jesse getting her moment to shine.
1: She does have a lot of screen time.
0: She gets an arc. When was the last time yeah. that happened? Mm-hmm. Toy Story Two. <laughs> I, you know, I
1: like I like Jesse, but no one has really yet explored the thing that actually makes her cool. Is that she's like. A version of buzz you know that's kind of the little joke at the end of toy story 2 but i feel like every time we see jesse she's either not a huge part of the story or she's you know like this she is here in this short and then in toy story 2 where we really get to see her being very um very emotional i should be more specific than that i just feel like we're very aware of jesse's fears and her doubts and that's really interesting but we don't we don't actually get to see a lot of jesse being like really cool and then bo peep gets to be really cool in toy story 4 when we don't get to see any of jesse i I I don't know jesse has never really had her her big moment yet i had
0: a weird thought on what you just said where jesse is basically Buzz. But I realized it could take us down a very bad path we don't want to go down.
1: Well, never mind, then.
0: It's about slash fanfiction,
1: so oh. we will avoid it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've never read that. Mm-hmm. At least about these characters. <laughs> At least about- yeah, I, I feel like we don't
1: need to be looking up this stuff. I, Man, I cut so much of that just searching the one time we talked about that.
0: I had the thought the other day... Wait, are you gonna cut out me mentioning fan fiction? If you are, then I do no, put I down
1: this. What? I, I don't. I don't think I will.
0: Okay, I I had the thought the other day because I decided to search. I think I sent you, I think I sent you the TV tropes thing I saw where apparently there are tropes of like Barbenheimer <laughs> fanfic where Barbie and Oppenheimer meet each other. And I had the thought that like every fandom should have like a fan fiction that's just about like the characters going to do Barbenheimer. Because I decided to search that just <laughs> out of curiosity, and I found one for Spider Verse where it was like it was well, it was a you like slash um, Spider Man twenty ninety nine. So, but it was like beyond you being there, it was like they're talking about which one they want to see first. And I found one for the Avengers too. I'm like, I feel like every fan fiction should have something like this. Like, where's the toys go see Barbenheimer?
1: <laughs> like. That would be. That's like that one book where the guy talks with the characters that were in his previous books. That's. I feel God. like that's a lot of books. Yeah, I, you know, like comment and subscribe if you know how to do that. If you like us talking about Barbenheimer every, every episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll how, talk about it next time, definitely. Uh, yeah, I guess we will because I don't know. I'm. I have been reluctant to go to the cinema, but apparently it's World Cinema Day on, <laughs> on the 27th. And I, I don't actually know when this is coming out, but it means that $30 70mm IMAX tickets are being sold for $4. Actually,
0: I will say this. I remember being shocked at how much um, my friend... Because, you know, I saw Oppenheimer with a couple friends who don't have A-list. And I remember being shocked at him telling me the price was Because it was way cheaper than I thought. It's not... It's not cheap. Four dollars is still a huge discount, but it's not thirty. I remember being like, "Whoa, it's that much? That's like a really good deal." <laughs> now now I I'm mean, curious.
1: I don't know. Maybe they don't charge a convenience fee if you have a list, but I think it's it usually feels like about thirty. You know, maybe you have to like round up a dollar or two. I'm just gonna but... quickly
0: check to see what an Oppenheimer two thirty ticket would be tomorrow and.
1: Um, I guarantee you, are not going to see the convenience fee that they tack on there at the. I mean, end. sure,
0: but I can't imagine the convenience fee is more than three dollars.
1: I well, it was five dollars for the. World Cinema Day. World Cinema Day, yeah. Really, uh, I'm. I'm was pretty. Buying convenient. row B Okay,
0: it's twenty one fifty nine. Yeah, but I you're think, right that you know, I do lose some. Um, I get Because I have an AMCA list. I don't have to pay the convenience fees, so. That might yeah, be it. So, so
1: then it, it goes up to, like, 26 and I just think of that as being, like, $30. That's fair. No, that is fair. Never mind, I forgot about convenience Yeah.
0: All right, but we're right. going to give Toy Story of Terror.
1: All right, Toy Story of Terror. A lot of people like to give films things. Star ratings, numbers, thumbs. But no, we here at Looking for the Ocean like to actually give the film something, <laughs> like an actual object. So the question is... What would we give Toy Story of Terror? I, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Well, as Mark acknowledged earlier in this episode, we always talk about Barbenheimer here. And the thing that just popped in my head is that now that Jesse has conquered her fears, we're gonna we're not gonna make her watch the movie, but we're gonna take her to the movie theater so she can take a picture in the Barbie box.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny well i don't know that's actually a spoiler for barbie so never mind i am going to give this film the shades that oh i don't remember his name who is who is old boy
0: um mr jones
1: no it's daisu uh, daisu is it yeah, i his forget name? his
0: last name it's daisu though which is yeah, funny, okay, because okay, when we that's... say it out lot of bunch of times in a row, we do get that Oedipus thing that's in the analysis part of the, uh, of the uh, Wikipedia page.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I just meant the actor's name, Choi Min-sik. <laughs> oh, okay, the I the sorry. <laughs> I would give this film the cool shades that he wears, because I thought this film was pretty cool. Danny, what are we going to do next time?
0: Alright, so as the listeners know, we just, because been, I've been very transparent about it, that we just did all these episodes before I went on my long cruise, and you know what you do when you go on a cruise? You read by the pool! Or, yeah. actually, you read on the deck, I feel like.
1: You get, like, a nice yeah. lawn chair. Look, are you going on a cruise that's gonna have a pool?
0: Yeah. I'm bringing my swimsuit. My mom actually asked me right before I got on this call, I was like, are you gonna bring your swimsuit? I was like, of course I am. I
1: like to swim. But, cool. yeah,
0: we're going to read a book next
1: time. We're going to read a book. <laughs> yeah, books,
0: books, books. Um, well, will just a book. A book that's right next to me because I had to check it out from the library. It's called mm-hmm. um, Create... I don't know why I'm showing it because it's a visual medium, <laughs> definitely. But it's... But He's the holding cover it up says, to me. New York Times bestseller, Creativity, Inc. Overcoming the Unseen Forces that Stand in the Way of True Inspiration by Ed Catmull, President of Pixar Animation and Disney Animation... With Amy Wallace, who I assume helped him write the book.
1: Yeah, um, and why why are we reading this book and not you know a billion other books? But partly because it's written by Ed Catmull, but also I think I remember I was say, this should we book read was... Steve
0: Jobs by Walter. <laughs> should we read the giant Steve Jobs novel.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I <laughs> the Pixar kind of mind... of Steve Jobs. I wouldn't mind opening it up to more books if this you know goes well. But I th- I remember that this book was listed on our syllabus in some college class either as rec- recommended reading or something like that. So I think that if, if people view this as a resource resource for research, then it might be valuable for us to read it too. And I also think that it will be enlightening to read something written about the you know past of a company, because we're at the point where Pixar is able to shape its own image. And of course, I think pretty much post-Finding Nemo, You understand what the Pixar brand is, and we talk about that sometimes. It'll just be interesting to hear that from multiple perspectives because I don't know if we've had a chance yet for someone from inside the company to lay out how they see the company themselves. So I'm really looking forward to this.
0: Yes, and it'll be a nice deck read.
1: Yes. All right. right. Looking for the Ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent.
0: The show is edited by Mark Young.
1: Our original artwork was done by Sarah Knoff. Uh,
0: you can follow us on social media at Facebook at Looking for the Ocean, Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod and Twitter at Pixar Journey and our website looking for the ocean Pixar.podmean.com. Should rate, f- review, subscribe, whatever you wanna do. You know. Yeah. However it that.
1: appears on your platform of choice. Yes. give us you know what you can give us? Five stars. $10. And I don't know, I'll plug again it, I think it'll be, if people leave Reviews, we will read Them
0: But or, we gotta figure know. out how to access
1: Google plays so <laughs> yeah, sure As is. soon as we Figure out how to download Google Podcast We can read them Uh, You can follow me at markyoungperformer.com. It has my socials and another page where you can listen to our podcasts, but I don't think that one has a rate and review function, so don't worry about that one too much. Uh,
0: you can follow me on a letterbox where I probably have not been um, you know updating my letterbox because I'm on a cruise right now uh, but you can also listen to my podcast The Snub Club where we, we talk
1: about the movies hit the most Oscar noms and no wins we'll see you next time bye